Kevin Sorbo, the accomplished actor, producer, director, debunks toxic masculinity and takes a strong stand for authentic manhood on this episode of United Patriots Uprising with Gary Benford. I'm your host, Gary Benford. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is available at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hope you'll subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. What would Hercules look like? How would he act? And what would the script read like if they decided to remake that classic 1990s series, Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, that starred my guest, but this time with the toxic masculinity police looking over the shoulders of everyone involved in the project. Do you want to find out? Well, he's here. So let's get into it. He's a renowned, accomplished actor, producer, and director who recently created a national firestorm just for saying, let boys be boys and men be men. (laughs) How dare he? Sounds right to me. Making his third appearance, this time to take the toxic out of masculinity and tell us about his upcoming new movie. I welcome back to the show, Kevin Sorbo. Kevin, how are you? Good to be here. I should have my Embrace Masculinity t-shirt on, but I got something else to put on here today. So well, I can see it. I can do all things, but this is, <laughs> although I'm looking at you, this is audio only, although I am going yeah. video at the beginning of the year. So we'll we'll get to that, but uh, right. he's he's on it. So Kevin, please let's start right here. What is toxic masculinity, and why is it so dangerous not only to men but society in general? Then well, tell well, us the definition of real masculinity. You know, it's been going on for decades for whatever reasons. I mean, I'm trying to still figure it out as well. I mean, they've been doing it in on television and movies forever, and it just seems to be really. Uh, just accelerating over the last 10 years. I mean, ever since this whole, it kind of, it's kind of the cousin of embrace, uh, not embracing masculine, but it's a cousin of uh, the, the um, uh, hashtag me too, the, um, uh, the going, going after anybody that believes in anything that has a positive thing to do with family. Uh, it, it goes after, um, you know, the, the cancel culture world out there. It's just crazy what we're doing right now. And this book you know, they came to me, Brave Books came to me because they know that I do a lot of speeches. And I, in my speeches, I say, you know, I, I've, been, I've been tired for, for decades hearing about the silent majority. Where is this silent majority and when are they going to wake up? I mean, I know, realize they're silent, but how bad does it have to get for people to finally go enough of this crap? And I know more people are waking up, but I say the sheep are going to be the sheep. And these are people that live in the world of apathy. They just feel like, oh, there's nothing I can do. But um, I just said, we need to wake up the lions and get up there and not be afraid. I mean, I I was, when I say I was vocal, I was just speaking common sense. I was speaking logic. And, you know, 10, 11 years ago, my manager and agent said, well, we're going to have a hard time getting you work in Hollywood anymore because you're being a Christian conservative. And I just laughed, you know, because I said, you guys are the ones that scream for tolerance. You guys are the ones that scream for freedom of speech. But as we all know, they're hypocrites. And that's all one way street with these clowns. So I just said enough of this stuff. I'm tired of looking at sitcoms where the dad is chunky. He's out of shape. The mom's a babe. And then you got the kids making fun of dad. And everything is just you know, pointing out that the father figure in a family isn't important. And I'm looking at now this whole transgender world and I know they're out there you know I've met with them I've worked with them I've worked in the gay population of Hollywood for, for decades 
Um, and you won't find anybody out there that says, oh, what a horrible person to work with. Because, I mean, I'm a live and let live guy, but I'm just tired of this constant thing saying now if a kid that's eight years old and he puts on his mom's heels, it's like, oh, honey, do you should we cut your penis off? Let these kids grow up. Let kids be kids, boys and girls. Let them grow up and be old enough and mature enough to make a decision. And there's a perfect example. This guy put out a video where he had a number of little kids, seven, eight, nine years old, on a table, just one-on-one, the camera rolling. And he says, hey, here's $5,000 or two Oreo cookies. You can have one or the other. You can't have both. They all pick the cookies. It shows you in their little brain, they don't look at $5,000 and go, man, I could buy a lot of cookies with that, do they? They want the cookies. Let them let them grow up to be where they get a, a sense of like, you know, where they understand the difference of, of that that road or this road. Don't sit there and change these kids lives, because how many times have you and I seen these 25 year olds saying, Mom, what did you do to me? I was six years old at the time. How could you possibly have done this to me? I know a doctor. I'm not going to name his name or what city he's from. He told me, he said, you know what? We used to have like you know, maybe once every three or four months, somebody would come in. He goes, we're getting like 10 a week now. So you can't tell me this isn't being influenced by what the government's saying, what the press is saying, what television, what teachers are doing. I mean, it's, 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 to me, it's sad and it's child abuse. Let kids be kids. And this book has no, it's no anti anything. It's about a little lion cub. You can't see it. That's right. I'm sorry. It's, it's about a little lion cub that, um, is out in the out out playing in the in woods like he always does with his two younger sisters. The littlest one gets cut by a plant that's very poisonous. He realizes he's got no time to save his uh, go get his dad or his mom. He's got to go back to the mountain there, what he's closest to, because he knows the one flower that will save her life. So he's got to get past his insecurities. He's got to get past the the fear. He's got to fight his way, and it's a step to him becoming a strong man. And there's nothing wrong with a strong man. There's nothing wrong with a strong father figure as well. Right. Now, since you brought up the book, the book is called The Test of Lionhood. It's a book yep. for kids and uh, it, there's no bashing of any groups in it. It's just no. about that age old adage that has disappeared. Let boys be boys. And as you said, the sheep are going to be the sheep. You're trying to wake up the lions. Delve a little bit deeper into the book. And I'm amazed that you've gotten pushback on a kid's book about doing the right thing. And here's this lion, this boy that has to now grow up, has to do the thing to save his sister lion. And and you're getting all kind of flack over this? Yeah. I mean, I got attacked by the alphabet crowd and I, I guarantee you, they didn't even read the book. They don't have to, they don't do, all they do is know where I stand, that I'm a Christian, I'm a conservative. That's enough for them to go after anything and everything that I say. And that's just, you know, it's it's un, it's unfortunate. But I said, you know, read the book and make up your own decision about it. But Brave Books does great stuff. Look, this is the same company that last year, Kirk Cameron was being attacked um, because he was reading his book in public libraries. And public libraries that we fund with our tax dollars, and um, they wouldn't let it come and read. But they were okay with drag queens reading to seven-year-olds. And I look at that and go, what, what is going on? And what, number one, why are drag queens all of a sudden the people that are the literature experts and they're reading the children? I just, I don't know what's going on, but it, it's it's so strange that we have people, I mean, to me, this is all like fatty, faddish stuff is what it is. It's all about fads and it's all about what the press is pushing and why they're pushing it. 
I don't know. Tell me why they're leaving the borders open. We have 7 million illegals coming across the country. And I just read a huge article about the number of Eastern year, Eastern, uh, Middle Easterns walking out. They just, they just had a group of about 70 Syrians, all military ages coming across the country, coming to Mexico and walking across the border. And we're just like going, oh, well, no big deal. I'll tell you right now, we are setting ourselves up, thanks to Biden and his cabinet, to have worse than a 9-11 happen all across this country with all these military-aged people from all over the world coming across our border. There ain't no families. My wife, Sam, went down to the border to see a friend of hers who's doing a documentary down in Brownsville. And 90% of people coming across that border were single males. There were no families. And any families that came across so-called families were one guy with 20 little kids saying, oh, I'm their uncle. And, of course, the the minute they come across, they know right now they're going to sex trafficking. So uh, we got a battle on our hands, and people need to wake up because it's the point of ridiculousness now. Okay, I hear you. And I'm going to use some, uh, I guess this is Hollywood vernacular. And if I was on your set, you'd probably fire me for this. But I'm going to say cut, cut. And I'm going to go off script because of something you said. I'm going to ask you a question. I had no inclination to ask you on this particular podcast. You are correct about all these people who have been coming across the border now for over for nearly three years and nothing has happened. Here's my fear. Could these people be here but don't want to launch an attack because they know if they launch an attack, that'll put Donald Trump back in the White House. Do you think they're just holding their water, just kind of waiting? I don't think there's any fear in these people whatsoever. I don't, ah. I, don't, I don't think they care if Trump is in office or Biden or whoever's in office. They're here now and they're going to different cities across America. It's just like when 9-11 happened when Bush was president. Um, I know there's all kinds of conspiracy theories left and right on that as well. I wish we knew all the answers, but I think, you know, I, our government's corrupt. Governments, every government in the world is corrupt. Look at look at Canada, what their what their prime minister is doing to them. Um, so to me, it's like um, we need number one. I don't understand even from the conservative side why are we still having mail-in voting. I mean, you you can't tell me that you can't cheat with mail-in voting. All you got to do is look at 2,000 mules. But the fact that Joe Biden got 15 million more votes than Obama did his first time around in 2008. Are you kidding me? Obama was like a rock star to, to the Democrat Party and obviously a far better speaker than Biden is. But I, I look at this and go, there's no way. In fact, if I read the numbers right, there are more people who voted than are actually registered to vote. So go figure that out. And I saw 2000 Mules where the same guy in the same van at nighttime in Philadelphia has got hundreds of ballots that he stuffs in at 230 in the morning, goes to the next mailing place because he had cameras in all these places. I'm going what a, what a nice soul this person is to help all these people that can't get the mailbox themselves, that he's doing all this at 2.30 in the morning. I'm sure there's nothing corrupt going on here whatsoever. Yeah, well. That was, sar- that was sarcasm, by the way. I, we got you. Now, my answer to your question, Donald Trump showed that the issue in America, it used to be Republican versus Democrat. Mm-hmm. Then I thought it was uh, conservatives versus communists. Now, I think MAGA has proven it's America first versus globalists. 
And unfortunately, a lot of the Republican establishment are part of that globalist agenda, which makes them part of the uniparty where they align with Democrats. So they're not even about to try and stop this. No, we got a lot of rhinos out there as well. I mean, if you you look, both parties have moved more left and more left every decade. I mean, all the all the liberals out there, Democrats, I say JFK was a great president. All you got to do is his 1960 inauguration speech and listen to what he says. There's not one Democrat who talks the way JFK did back 60 years ago, not one. And he would be a Republican today. All you got to do is listen. Yeah, listen to his speech. Absolutely. And they'd hate him. Uh, You say it's insane what's going on in the world right now. And you're right. What's your opinion? How all this negative, certainly anti-God trend got started? And why does it appear to be continuing in the wrong direction, getting worse instead of better? I'm talking about uh, what we're talking about here in regard to uh, toxic masculinity. It seems to be just more stank fruit from the insidious wokeness tree. Do you know where this came from, how it even caught root? I think it's a mix of a lot of things. I think it goes back to 1964 when we took the Bible out of the schools. I mean, before public schools were even around, the Bible was the school book. Um, everybody was public school. I mean, everybody was a homeschooled, uh, you know. Abe Lincoln was homeschooled. Um, what we're doing now, uh, since that happened, there's been a slow acceleration. And once again, it's just exploded in the last 10 or 15 years. And it goes back to now what we're doing in public schools and universities. Because it started in universities and slowly infiltrated down. Now it's all the way down to kindergarten, where these teachers that are coming out now over the last 20 years, these teachers that are being between the ages of like 22 and 42, have been completely brainwashed by the public school system. When I went to school, teachers taught what they were supposed to teach. I didn't have any of this stuff when I was in college, certainly none of it when I was in grade school, junior high to high school. Teachers taught the math, they taught the social studies, I took Far Eastern studies. That's what they taught. Nobody told me how to vote, nobody told me to believe in God or not believe in God. They taught what they were supposed to teach. Public schools are a cesspool and we gotta get rid of it because they're using it to totally brainwash our kids. I know, I know plenty of families that sent their kids to college and four years later, the kids run totally opposite tracks of their conservative parents because they just followed suit of all their other fellow students and what teachers were telling them. You got teachers in this country right now, professors going out and cheering on the slaughter of the um, the Israel uh, people, those 1,200 plus uh, civilians that were slaughtered, uh, babies beheaded. I mean, this Hamas, these are sick, sick, sick people. And um, we need to do something about it because it got to get to a point that enough is enough. But it really comes down to what we're doing in the schools. It really coming down what Andrew Breitbart said, you know, before he, I think, is yep. things around his 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 death as well. Mm-hmm. But he said politics runs downstream from culture, and he's completely right. Who runs the culture? Hollywood does, along with the mainstream media. That's what's going on there right now. And you, Walt Disney said back in the 1950s, television and movies will influence our youth. Well, hello, I think Walt, uh, Uncle Walt was right spot on. And if you look what's going on at Disney right now with all their woke agenda, they were gonna lose, people are sick of that too, you can see it. The public now is saying, okay, enough of this, because Disney's gonna lose well over a billion dollars this year. And if I was a stockholder at Disney, I wouldn't be happy about the product that they're putting out there, and the product that they're changing um, you know, like they did with Snow White. I got a feeling the Snow White thing's not even going to come out because they're getting such negative press on it right now. You know, come up with a different idea. Why do they keep taking old uh, movies and redoing them, but put the woke agenda in that same fairy tale? So to me, it's like, you know, find a writer that has an original idea that might be helpful. 
I hear you. Now, since you brought it back to Hollywood, which is uh, and movies and motion pictures and back to art, uh, you've got your feet on the ground firmly in this area for a long time. You've taken issue with the lack of what you call, quote, manly men in the motion picture picture industry. And I remember back in the day, one of my favorite shows before I understood now what it was about. I used to love Married with Children. And of course, Al Bundy played high school football, but he's on a couch. He's a boob. Katie's smart, you know, but everybody, Al is just totally made out to be the idiot of the show. Uh, Manly men in Hollywood motion pictures, don't they realize if they came back to a manly man, uh, you know, for instance, and I want you to comment on along these lines, if they redid Hercules, you know, your series from the 90s, what would he look like today? What would he sound like? And what would the script be like? Uh, I, I doubt if he'd be a male. I mean, they, they would take the first three letters of Hercules, H-E-R, and make him a woman. So um, it's just, you know, who knows what they would do? And I got to tell you, seven years in that series back in the 90s, and I had no part of this, they put a lot of good moral values in that. Even though it's mythological, they had a lot of biblical values in it. We actually did an episode dealing with the birth of Christ. So um, I, I got to give those guys credit, and they wouldn't do it that way today. I know they wouldn't do it that way. So uh, it's, 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 it's weird that they, they see it going on. Look, I did a movie called Let There Be Light, and uh, Sean Hannity funded. It had about a four-month run in theaters, uh, $2.3 million budget. That's catering budget in Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, those are $300 million they move with all these, um, uh, you know, avatars and Avengers and, you know, Spider-Man, all that. They have huge budgets on those things. And then they have $100 million to advertise. I do movies that Hollywood used to do. Movies that have that have hope and love and redemption. And I say faith, but every movie is a faith based movie. If you're an, an atheist, that's a really strong faith to have, you know, no belief in anything. I mean, it's a, to me, it's a horrible way to live through life, not to have any kind of hope in your life. But that's you know, that's their choice. But a, a lot of that, too, has been taught by uh, the movies and TV, because every movie, uh, anybody who's a pastor or a priest or if you're a conservative, they're the dopey ones. You know, I mean, you look at The Simpsons, even the cartoon character there, you know, he's a dopey one and an idiot. And they they do all that stuff. So it's a total brainwashing. When West Wing came out, I knew it was going to be a Democrat president. And all they did was bash the other side. So more brainwashing for many years. That just goes on and on and on. So to me, I'm going to keep fighting a good fight and doing the movies I do. And we need word of mouth. I get stopped all the time and in the public and people say, I love God's Not Dead. Let there be light soul surfer. Please make more movies like that while I'm making them. And that's a good segue right now. I got a movie open. That's where I was going. All right. I'll let you ask the question. All right. You have a new movie coming out in late October, (laughs) Miracle in East Texas, that you're really excited about. And every time I see you with an interview, boy, does your face beam when you start talking about this. And when we see some of the trailer, I understand why. You know, it's a great movie. It's written by Dan Gordon. He's an Oscar-nominated writer. He wrote The Hurricane for Denzel Washington, wider. Kevin Costner. He wrote 60 episodes of Highway to Heaven for Michael Landon. Great writer. It's a story. A true story set in 1930 about two con men that went through Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, the con men are played by myself and John Ratzenberger, and they would woo widows out of their money on fake oil wells. They would sell 500% of the shares to clear dry oil and move on. Well, they strike oil, the largest oil fund in the history of the world at that time in Kilgore, Texas. And uh, the movies won 10 film festivals, from everything from best comedy to best faith film to best family movie, judges' favorite, audience' favorite. Go to sorbostudios.com. That's sorbo studios.com 
You can sign up right now. We got two days, okay? It's an independent movie. We don't got a $100 million advertising budget. We got people like you, Gary, to give us a good good, good plug. Um, it's, it's great family. It's PG rated. Uh, if they go to SorboStudios.com, they can click on the link from Miracle East Texas. They can find out what theater's near them by just putting in their zip code. And we need to fill those theaters up uh, October 29th and 30th. We fill them up, we'll get more days. This is a wonderful, wonderful true story and um, I think people will get a kick out of it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, and I want to throw something in because uh, maybe people don't quite understand something unless you understand cons. See, what Kevin is talking about, he's talking about two men who were selling fake selling. You know, you get you get 500 that you get this big return on an oil well where they know there's no oil. So yeah. they get to keep your money and move to the next city. The problem is what happens when you strike oil and now you owe more money than you can possibly get out of the well. That's what is that the premise of the movie? Oh, exactly. And it's it's it, like I said, it's a true story. They get arrested, of course. All the widows that they ripped off show up at the courtrooms down there in Texas, you know, hoping to see these guys hang. And it's called Miracle in Texas, not just because of the oil uh, that was discovered, but the miracles that happened afterwards. And it's a wonderful, touching story. It's funny. Um, people get a kick out of it. I screened it to 500 pastors in Dallas, Texas. They loved it. I screened it to another 450 oil guys in Oklahoma. And um, they, they just, you know, these are the guys that hopefully they're going to get out to all their churches and uh, fill these places up. But it's a wonderful, touching story. It's a movie that Hollywood used to make. Hollywood used to make movies like this. And um, it's uh, it's just it's a good ride and not in a, in a not in a, a visual effect way. We did it the old fashioned way where it's actually dialogue and character development. Hollywood just wants to do a bunch of visual effects and all these Spider-Man movies. And after they kill, you know, people don't realize when these bot these buildings come down, thousands of people just died in those buildings. But they don't show that part in the movies, do they? No. And I thought I found that the first thing that struck me about this film was was the, the the time period just looking at the way people dressed back in the 20s and stuff it, yeah. and in color you had a very you, you got a great eye for that camera kevin and and just it just looks so sharp you know and looking at you and krasenberg everybody in the in these old time outfits and everything it, it, it I, I can't wait to see it well you kevin, know thank, go ahead What's great about it is um, all the music except two songs are, are 1930 or earlier. The train in there is one of only two trains pre-1930 pre that are still operating on tracks. This one's just had a little, um, it's called the Independence Park. It's just sort of a, an old-fashioned place where people are going to get on a train that, you know, belching out that old smoke that used to come on all these trains across the country. And all the cars are from 1930 or earlier. So it was really neat to be sort of dove into that world there. I mean, the whole team behind um, you know, I, I directed as well, but the whole team behind what I was doing, the hair and makeup, wardrobe, camera guys were just fantastic. And I did another movie with them called Left Behind Rise of the Antichrist based on the Left Behind books that was out in theaters in January and February of this year. So, like I said, SorboStudios.com is all Kevin and Sam Sorbo stuff. People can go there and get all kinds of information. Kevin, while you were talking, something just hit me. I hope this doesn't happen, but can you see the anti-fracking people picketing your movie? <laughs> you know what? There's a the hypocrisy once again. Yes, this movie is pro-oil, it's pro-capitalism, it's pro-freedom, it's pro-America. And um, it, before the movie screens, we have like a Q&A thing and we put up a list of all these things and say, which of these items do you think came from oil? 
And the reality is all of it did. And so they need to get rid of their iPhones, their computers, their hairbrushes, their hair dryers, their clothes. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's not just gas that comes out of oil, people, okay? And uh, the whole idea when Biden came in and got rid of what Trump did for us, making us energy independent, because we have plenty of oil in our country, not only in Alaska, but right here in the main 48 states down here. He comes in and gets rid of it. Gas went to seven bucks a gallon because he would rather buy oil from countries that hate us than buy, keep oil and keep jobs right here in America. And so many Democrats out there are so naive and uneducated of this because they don't pay attention to it. They have no idea. They just vote the way that they've been brainwashed to vote without really looking at uh, the issues on both sides of that political aisle. It's unbelievable to me. But I hope they're happy with seven bucks a gallon. I hope they're happy that we're buying from oil the countries that hate us. I, I say stop spending money on countries that hate us because they can hate us for free. Enough already. I hear you. Before I tell you how to ask people, uh, have you ask, tell people how to reach you in response to what you just said, one of my former friends made a s scary statement to me. Um, this is a black college educated guy who's over 60 that said, I'd rather live in a communist country than have a racist, bigoted president like Trump. <laughs> there it is. When I, when I meet people like that, I say, so I don't know how he's racist. He made black unemployment the lowest it's ever been. He made Hispanic unemployment the lowest it's ever been. And he appointed a lot of black people in offices that deserve to be in offices, not just put people in positions of power just to fill some sort of diversity agenda. Um, for me as a business owner, I don't care who these people are. I don't care if they're gay, straight, black, upside down, chap Japanese, whatever. If they're the best people for the job, that's what they should get. Enough of this stuff just pushing people for the sake of having some sort of rainbow coalition going on. It's it's crazy to me. So when I meet people like that, I say, tell me, tell me the policies that you hated of Trump. And they go, well, he's an asshole. I go, well, being an asshole, pardon my French, that's not that's not a policy. What policies? They can't name them. They can't, they can't name one. They can't even name one good one because they don't know. They're not educated to know. They don't take the time to figure it out. But what Trump did to this country and what Biden is doing in this country, if you can't see the opposite, 39% think Biden's awesome. I want to meet them. I want them to tell me, where's the awesomeness of this guy that can't even walk up some steps? And I feel sorry for this guy because I know Obama's pulling the strings behind him. I, I feel sorry for somebody like what, how they're using this guy that is certainly his health is declining rapidly and he has, he has Alzheimer's setting in. It's, it's, it's there. And it's, it's kind of sad to watch this guy and the, the rest of the world's laughing at us right now. And they look at us as very weak, which we have become because of people like um, what the Democrat parties are putting in office. I hear you, Kevin. Kevin, thanks for coming back. Please tell people how to reach you and how to get your products. Sorbostudios.com. That's the best place to go. Sorbostudios.com. They can sign up there with Brave Books as well. With Brave Books, uh, they can get my book for free autographed as long as they join for one year. They get a new book every single month. And Miracle Texas is on the Sorbo Studios link, and they can just go there and uh, put in their zip code, and they'll find out where to go. Kevin, thank you for coming back. God bless you. God bless Sam and the family, and keep doing what you're doing, and don't let them grind you down. All right, Kevin. Thanks, buddy. Take care. Have a great okay, week. Okay. There you have it, everybody. Mr. Kevin Sorbo, Hercules himself, wanting to stay Hercules, not be Hercules. I want to thank Kevin Sorbo for bringing to the forefront, for shining the proverbial spotlight on the need to squash this intentional attempt to emasculate men. The roots of this insidious agenda 
are squarely in the radical plan for government to replace the role of men in our society in regard to taking care of and providing for their families. So don't believe the hype. Reject toxic masculinity before it takes us down a path from which we may never recover. This podcast is available for download at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Hope you subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. For first-time listeners, we hope you'll check out the podcast archive located on the page. You can hear more than 100 high-profile guests there, the likes of Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, Nick Searcy, Morgan Brittany, Monica Crowley, Carol Swain, Clay Clark, Brandon Tatum, John DeLimmy, Carrie Lake, Ann Vandersteel, Trevor Loudon, Michelle Terrace, Ben Carson, Steve Stern. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for joining us. So until the next time, this is your host, Gary Benford, saying God bless you, God bless your family, and God bless America.